Good evening, everybody. I hope you're keeping super well this evening. Welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast of Shemaine's Model Health for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals. My name is Shemaine Linney. I am a biohacker and fitness and nutrition expert, and I want you to thank you. I wanted to thank you for joining me for another podcast. This week we are going into part two of our cortisol series. So last week we looked at high cortisol, how it affects the body, the symptoms and how to address it. Um, and this week, of course, we're going to look at the lower end of cortisol. And this is a very underlooked part of cortisol because most people think low cortisol, they're thinking adrenal fatigue. But this is not true or not necessarily accurate. See, there's two spectrums of cortisol. Now homeostasis being in the middle, um, extreme high cortisol being on one end and then you've got low cortisol on the other. Um, and most people, most healthy people will kind of hover around homeostasis, might be a little bit up and might be a tiny bit down. Never anything too extreme if you're healthy. But then if we know that you may have some low cortisol, we're going to have to address it correctly. So in this week's podcast, we're looking at the lower end of cortisol. And people who often suffer from the lower end of cortisol will see them maybe experiencing some sort of fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue syndrome. We're going to go further into all of this as we go through the podcast. A lot of the time, people like this are going to be shift workers or they're going to be super busy moms or people that um, kind of overload themselves and then they experience burnout. That's why it's very important, especially if you're on your own business, to watch for burnout because it can happen. It can creep up on you so quickly. Um, and they, people that suffer with low cortisol may also be victim to some autoimmune diseases and so on and so on. But we're going to go through all of this now. So when we're looking at the lower end of cortisol, so one, we know that the body is supposed to go through a normal reaction to stress to make sure that you can punch and run or survive. Um, and then once you do that, the body turns off the stress when it senses you're safe so you can return to homeostasis. And that's what it's supposed to do. And that's in a normal environment. But unfortunately, many of us don't live in a normal environment and we get stressed and then the kids call us and then the breakfast goes on fire then the phone rings then you realize you're running late then you've spilled coffee on your top then your allergies are acting up then you forgot to get gas and so on and so on so if you've got stress triggers constantly coming into your hypothalamus saying there's a stress here at the same time as your cortisol is trying to turn off or your body is trying to turn off that stress response, your body's getting confused. And it's saying my body can't afford to turn off that stress response in case there is something really serious happening here um, and that I need to survive. So then your body gets exposed to constant amounts of cortisol then your brain doesn't know how to turn it off or it doesn't turn it off fully. 
So then you get this trickling of cortisol. So this is in low cortisol state. You get this trickling of cortisol all day, every day, just constantly trickle. And you become cortisol resistant. You become resistant to your own cortisol. So you don't get that spike in the morning that you need. You don't get the spikes throughout the day when you do need them. And you don't get that nice down in the evening. You just are constantly getting the steady trickling all day every day um, and then you start to experience the side effects of that um, so most people so most people when you say low cortisol they think of adrenal fatigue um, and but actually most people are in a phase above adrenal fatigue and we call this low cortisol state conservation that's your conservation phase where you do have the adrenal action but you need the extra support of stimulants to get up and go because you're not getting the spikes when you need them you need that extra push so some of the symptoms that we see um, from cortisol are going to be uh, struggling to get started in the morning. You want to roll back over and go back to sleep. Um, constantly feeling tired and fatigued, just always tired. These people with low cortisol, they could sleep for 12 hours and still get up and feel exhausted just all day, every day. Um, they get dizziness when they stand up. They have low blood pressure issues and this is from that cortisol. They're not getting that spike that helps the blood flow when we need it. Um, people with low cortisol they'll have dilated pupils um, and they can be more sensitive to light as well because their pupils are extra sensitive and extra dilated cortisol also holds your water in so if you have no cortisol you can be constantly thirsty and you can get lots of pee breaks you need to pee a lot because you just can't hold your water Low cortisol with that constant steady drip of cortisol all day, just constantly nagging you, constantly dripping. You can find yourself constantly irritated. You get sensitive to noise, especially your kids, especially if they're fighting nonstop. You can find yourself shouting a lot more than you would like to do. You can't turn off your stress response, but you can't be bothered to do anything about it either. So you become bitchy and whingy. Um, and as harsh as that sounds, none of us want to be bitchy and whingy, but we can't help it because we just don't have that push that get up and go you'll have salt and sugar cravings again the salt is something to do with the dehydration and then the sugar of course because your body's looking for that energy to just help it get along with the day people with low cortisol they experience a lot of inflammation so they get a lot of pains and aches a lot of swelling in the hands and feet around the knees and joints um, and this is because they're not getting that spike of cortisol to turn off the inflammation response now in the morning in a healthy person we might wake up a bit 
stiff after being asleep. But because we get that big cortisol spike in the morning, it warms our body up and it helps eliminate all our aches and pains and they're pretty much gone within a few minutes. People that have low cortisol, they don't get that spike. So they constantly are in pain. Uh, their immune system gets exaggerated and that means they pretty much always feel crappy. They feel like I just don't feel good, I have a bit of a head cold, my tummy doesn't feel well, I don't feel myself or my body's sore, they just don't feel good. Um, and they also get a form of depression born from apathy, uh, like it's just like full-blown fatigue, they feel really down, they feel really sad, they can even feel a bit sorry for themselves, but that's not their fault, it is the hormone response. On a hormone Panel, people with low cortisol, their blood work will show that it's flooded with serotonin. Um, so what can happen is if a doctor doesn't understand properly what's going on, they're going to prescribe some SSRIs. So these are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, like antidepressants. But if you've got low cortisol, your body's already flooded with serotonin. So the likes of Prozac and Zoloft and Lexapro and all of these, they're not going to help because you've already got loads of serotonin. It's The serotonin is not the problem. The problem is getting the cortisol back in line or in rhythm how we want it to flow. So... Um, like I said, most people are in that phase above adrenal fatigue called conservation, excuse me. So some of the low cortisol key points that we like to take away that kind of will stand out and make us start looking at cortisol, um, that constantly fatigued and constantly tired, feeling a lot, a lot of pain all the time, a lot of inflammation, a lot of swelling. Um... Interrupted sleep, so these people will sleep and they fall asleep, no problem, but they get restless sleep. They toss and turn a lot. They don't feel refreshed when they wake up. So this is something that we will see um, a lot and kind of will give us that turning point when we're deciding what the issue is, like if it's high cortisol or low. Once we look at their sleep and we see they're constantly tired, they get enough sleep, but they it's restless and they don't feel energized in the morning. Um, and again, those aches and pains. And one great thing that you can do with low cortisol, if you look in someone's eyes, you can see super dilated pupils. Uh, like I mentioned above or before, um, and this is associated with that increased sympathetic nervous system. So we spoke about the sympathetic nervous system last week. The S stands for stressed. So that will show us that there's a lot of those dilated pupils will tell us there's a lot of activity going on in that stress system. Um, so uh, what are we going to do if we see or if we diagnose that we have low cortisol. Um, and again, if you haven't got diagnosed, I did provide a PDF in my biohacking group last week for people to do. So it'll run through um, some of the signs and symptoms of high and low cortisol. And then if you want me to figure out what's going on, feel free to PM me a copy of that and I'll look over it. Um, so what it's important to get 
your sleep right for a start. You need to get your circadian rhythm in line. So if we look at a healthy person, they sleep brand, they get a spike in the morning and then that cortisol slowly declines and runs off by nighttime. They've none, so melatonin can kick in and they can go asleep. But we want, when we have low cortisol, we don't get any of those spikes and lows. We're just always running on low. So we need to make sure that sleep is getting addressed and that we can get that circadian rhythm the way we want it. Um, so one of the ways to do this is to get a big dose of cortisol going in the morning. Uh, we can do that with some adaptogens. We can do that with a, an adaptogenic mushroom coffee or a mushroom tea elixir. Shisandra berry is great for this because it'll give you that big spike in the morning. Um, and maybe you could get in some cardio in the morning, even fasted cardio, to get all those cortisols spiking where you want them. You want to get direct sunlight. You want to get that directly into your pupils. So that sunlight can send a signal to your brain saying, hey, this is the time of day it is, and these are the hormones we need to be releasing at this time. If you can tolerate it and if the person you're working with thinks it's a good idea, you can get a nice dose of a good caffeine in the morning as well to help give you that spike. But then we want to monitor our caffeine for the rest of the day. We want to be signaling our body this is where we want hormones to be at at this time of the day and so on. We will then keep adaptogens going to three times a day or so. So adaptogens, like we discussed last week, if you're up high, they'll take you low. If you're really low, they'll help you bring back up. Um, so we want to get back to that homeostasis, and adaptogens are very good at doing that. Um, and then in the evening... We want to calm your body as much as possible. So maybe we'll do some chamomile or Tulsi tea then. And maybe we will add some magnesium. So early in the day, we're focusing on trying to spike your cortisol. We're going to warm up your body. Um, and then we're going to let it slowly drip and drop down as the day goes by. And then we want to relax you in the evening. And now this isn't going to work in the first night or the second night. You need to keep doing this and doing this. This is going to take a consistent week or two or even three weeks of constantly doing this. So your body creates this new habit of this is what's happening. Um, and then when you go to sleep, of course, you need your room pitch black and cool and quiet. You want to allow that melatonin to kick in nicely. And Sarah Melatonin can get in the way of that melatonin, so we need to be really smart about this. Um, that depending on how severe the issue is, um, with low cortisol, we may remove carbs in the last meal. We may add them. Everyone is going to be individual at this stage when it's low cortisol, because. Carbs will help increase serotonin, but we already have a lot of serotonin in our blood when we have low cortisol. So that's something that the health professional that you will work with will decide whether or not it's going to be a good idea or not. Um, then, So a lot of adaptogens throughout the day, and then we're going to calm the body in the evening. We want to spike the cortisol in the morning, trying to get as much natural light as you can because it's that natural light is going to be sending that signal to the brain. This is what time of the day it is. 
these hormones need to be released. Um, you can also, I like to use a turmeric tea in the evening. Turmeric, it is an adaptogen, but if we have done the right work during the day and got our nice spikes of cortisol, we can bring turmeric in to help calm us down a little bit more in the evening if we needed to. Alternatively, um, we'd use that magnesium. Um, to help your adrenals go up or down, the adaptogens I'd most recommend are going to be shisandra berries in the morning. And then maybe some rhodiola or ashwagandha throughout the day. Um, and then licorice root can be very good and that can be used as needed. So when you feel you need that extra pick-me-up, instead of turning to an energy drink or a caffeine drink or a nap, you would take some licorice root extract instead. Then vitamin C is a very underlooked vitamin. Um, I believe I'm a huge proponent of vitamin C. Pretty much all of my clients will take vitamin C. Um, I like to see it around 2,000 milligrams a day, and this can be individual dependent. But when we look at low cortisol, probably the minimum is going to be 200 milligrams a day. A liposomal one or effervescent one can be very effective, um, and these can be. This vitamin C can be very supportive for your adrenals, and they need this extra support. And vitamin C is awesome, especially with female hormones. Um, it can be very helpful there. So, um, yeah, look for getting your B vitamins from food too. So I've spoke about this in a few podcasts. Getting B12 shots or taking synthetic B complexes, it's you're not doing yourself any favors at all. So most people who get B12 shots, they feel great for a little while and then they crash again. So what does that tell us? Yes, you need the B vitamins, but what you're doing is you're giving your body that synthetic B vitamin and synthetic B vitamins, what they'll do is they will cause a dysfunction in your own methylation systems or your detoxification pathways. You'll struggle to detox, but you'll also struggle to make your own B vitamins and make your own energy from foods you'll you won't your body won't know what to do because you're constantly giving it this synthetic form um, if you can get your doctor to prescribe an adrenal gland extract um, then do that but you'd still need to be taking your adaptogens three times a day um, then once you start to see your cortisol regulate, then we'd start looking at giving some attention to your HPT access, so uh, your thyroid access and your HBG access, which is your gonadal access, because um, we've got to take care of the whole body. But first, we're trying to fix this cortisol, and then after that, we're going to look to, at continuing to take care of the whole body. So I hope that helped a lot and gave you an idea of what you're looking for with the low cortisol. Um, I think that as far as adrenal fatigue goes, I mean, I probably should mention the adrenal fatigue aspect. So we've got this low cortisol or conservation of um, 
yeah cortisol so that's your just your steady low state um, and then we've got our adrenal fatigue or our hypo reactive cortisol and this is just you don't even have low cortisol you've got nothing that's you've pretty much nothing at all ever you've got no response um, and the a lot of individuals that have this sort of response um, they may be born with congenital defects um, they have a chronic autoimmune disorder, they might suffer from very extreme exhaustion or have been diagnosed with chronic fatigue uh, syndrome. So they will have again that hypersomnia, so just constantly just want to sleep all the time. They also will have the aches and pains and chronic inflammation, um, that depression born from apathy and fatigue. And the, all of this is associated with that low cortisol and excessive serotonin activity where the likes of Prozac and that won't work. But we can also see this excessive adrenal fatigue or the hypo-reactive adrenal fatigue we can see that from we can see it in post-traumatic stress disorder as well so those that have experienced extreme um stress uh they will see a lot of this adrenal fatigue can be associated but then again we also see studies uh, that relate post-traumatic stress disorder and um, adrenal fatigue to inflammation as well. So I think there's still a lot more we need to learn about all of that. Um, so yeah, I suppose the takeaways is that that constant excessive exposure of cortisol leads to your cortisol resistance. Um, then the low levels of cortisol, they fail to register. So your body just keeps pumping out cortisol. You get this horrible trickle all the time. And this then results in your conservation phase. Um, and then you get all those not very nice side effects of that. So um, if you have any questions, feel free to email me or check me out on Facebook. Drop me a PM and I'll reply as soon as I can. But I really hope that gave you some insight on what to do. Start looking at your vitamin C. Let's start looking at the adaptogens and trying to get a big spike of cortisol in the morning. Some early morning sunlight, some early morning cardio, even fasted cardio. Um, and this can all be a great start for starting to manage getting your hormones in sync again. So I hope you all have a fabulous long weekend. Stay safe. Um, enjoy that downtime with your family and friends. And you know, one of the best ways to help manage cortisol is to laugh. I encourage funny movies. I encourage singing and dancing and laughing. So go have a great weekend and enjoy the time with your family. And I will talk to you guys very soon. Bye.